story about a guy who is from Oakville. And last year was such a miserable winter. Do you remember how much black ice was around? We had a couple of significant ice storms. And um, they only looked, they stuck around for a couple of days. But there were a lot of people that were worried, to, you know, to get out and even take out their garbage for the risk of, of a slipping and falling on black ice. Well, that happened to an Oakville man. And he just recently won a lawsuit for a lawsuit for a slip and fall accident. He says he's shocked because OHIP wanted money from his lengthy hospital stay. Now, let me get into the nitty gritty of this. His name is Guy McMurray. He lives in Oakville. You might know him. He could be listening to the show right now. He said that he slipped and he fell in black ice in front of his workplace in 2013. Did some serious damage, smashed his kneecaps, severed tendons. He waited in ice water for the ambulance to arrive. Once they came, they put him in the hospital 80 days in the hospital. Now, anyone who has been anywhere near a hospital for any length of time knows 80 days would be torturous uh, to be in the hospital. But it took him 80 days to recover, and he had this allergic reaction while he was there. His heart stopped. He, of course, couldn't work for a long time. He's in there for 80 days. And so he does what most people would do. It happened outside his workplace. He eventually files a lawsuit and was awarded $350,000. And then OHIP comes back to him and says, yeah, hand over $55,000 for the cost of your stay and treatment in the hospital. I thought OHIP covered that stuff. Nanish Kotak is a founder of Kotak Personal Injury Law, and he is an injury lawyer that I happen to know. So we reached out to him. Nanish, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Great to be on. Good to have you on. How common is something like this where you uh, file a lawsuit and you had to stay in the hospital? There were um, bills that were incurred that OHIP covered, and then they asked for some of your settlement money. Right. This happens all the time, in fact. Um, in any sort of uh, incident where a person is injured due to a fault of another, except for if it was in a car accident. So if it's a slip and fall, some sort of medical malpractice or a product liability, you have to take into account the money that's owed to OHIP because OHIP you know, treated the person due to the fault of another. And, the per- and, and it really, what the subrogated right is this, the that claim for OHIP. So in this case, it might have been fifty thousand. I've seen them, you know, be over a hundred thousand before, and sometimes they're quite less. That claim for the OHIP subrogated interest. Subrogated means you're trying to you're getting the money back for OHIP. That will be part of the lawsuit of the person who was injured. Mm. You're going to add that to your claim. So in fact, in any negotiated settlement uh, with the with the insurance company for the party at, at fault, you're going to show them this is the money that's owed to OHIP because OHIP is going to give you a breakdown. And you're going to ask for that money. So um, I know it's, it seems shocking, but it ought not to be surprising you know, when you're in a lawsuit that, hey, yes, we have to collect money uh, for OHIP uh, as well. And what we do, and I think most lawyers do this too, is we can negotiate with OHIP as well. For example, let's say you know, there's $20,000 owed to OHIP, but the person who fell down, maybe they're 20% responsible for their own fall because of their shoes or something like that. So we will call up the OHIP subrogated unit, and they're out in Kingston, and we'll tell them, listen, you know, you're all $20,000, but we need you to reduce it by 20% or 25% because of this notion of contributory negligence. And they will usually readily reduce it. So in this case, I, I, I'm not sure how he wouldn't have known mm-hmm. um, that there was an OHIP claim because his lawyer you know, would have likely brought that to his attention that, hey, we are suing also on behalf of OHIP. And, and if we're negotiating a settlement here, 
this is the value of your income loss. This is the value of your pain and suffering. And, but this is also the value of, of the OIP interest that we're going to be suing for. So I'm not sure if there was communication issues in this situation, but uh, or just simply that uh, you know the person is quite upset that why should OHIP get money back when I'm the one who was hurt, not not them. Yeah, I think it comes down to the person is upset now because he says you know after paying off fees that would be your lawyer fees and yeah. a loan to, to help him pay for expenses while he wasn't working, he's left with about ninety eight thousand dollars. He said they had no part in my extreme discomfort, they had no part in my loss of income, they had no part in the things I can't do anymore. They just wanted part of my claim. I think it's really interesting something you said and and it was about the shoe. So if the person that fell was partially responsible because they were wearing crappy shoes, then you could negotiate with OHIP that they would uh, take the money off or part of the money off for that. And I I think that it's important that we point out uh the why on that. Why would OHIP right. care whose fault it was? Right. Well, OHIP um they're going to take the same percentage that the person would take in terms of a, of, a, of a deduction for what's called contributory negligence. So it may well be, let's say there's a, there's a slab of ice and you're walking in a parking lot, but it's quite visible. And, you know, you don't walk around it. There's other ways to get around it, but you happen to walk on it. You don't have really good shoes and you felt. Well, the insurance company and the lawyer for the person you're suing, it may be a plaza or an uh, independent contractor who was supposed to clean the, 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 uh, the, the ice, they're going to want to argue that, wait a minute, there was other ways around around this. You, you know, the shoes you're wearing were not adequate. We want a deduction on what we're going to pay based on the percentage that you're responsible. So maybe you're 20%, 25% responsible, and they are 75%. Well, the same thing will apply to OHIP. OHIP shouldn't collect 100% on their dollar because you, as the person suing, are not collecting 100%. So you OHIP would, in that case, reduce the amount that they have to pay as well. Okay, I got it. That's interesting. Um, the spokesperson said from OHIP uh, said that um, this whole idea of, by law, the money that's paid to OHIP out of public funds to provide health care services to an injured person is to be paid back to OHIP by the person who caused the injury. They said this uh, includes boating, air and rail accidents. Anything else it includes off the top of your head? Sure, slip and falls, product liability. The only thing really it wouldn't include... Um, is automobile accidents. And the reason why the auto insurers, they pay a set amount per year uh, to OHIP because it's much easier as opposed to calculating each individual claim. So they pay a set amount to, to, to OHIP. They all, they all do is, uh, to, be, uh, to be auto insurers in Ontario. And they don't have to worry about OHIP afterwards. Uh, um, so they're the only exception, um, really. Uh, so, you know, anything else, slip and fall, something falls on you, anything that requires medical attention, uh, uh, staying in a hospital, and where you see um, the, the awards for it being quite large are the extended hospital stays or right. operations or if, you know, where workers are sent to the home to, to, to care. Um, uh, there, there is that claim. But I, I must say this. Look, in dealing with OHIP, when I negotiate, uh, uh, you know, what they're going to get, settlements at the end of the day, I find they're very reasonable. Uh, they will take a deduction. They're happy to get paid something. So often, uh, they, they, you know, they will reduce uh, uh, quite significantly. So is the takeaway from this story, make sure you have a personal injury lawyer that you trust and knows the ins and outs of how to work with OHIP and what you should be negotiating for, you know, because you've lost some time at work, you know, you, you, you've, it might take you a while to get back into the swing of things, you've incurred debt. I think I think that's a good takeaway. You know, it's important to know that in any personal injury lawsuit, there's there's all these different nuances in terms of 
uh, where money has to be paid back. Uh, there may be an ODSP assignment if the person on ODSP. Well, now, you know, they're getting money for income loss, so some of that's got to be paid back to ODSP. So um, these, there's a lot of ins and outs, and there's a lot of statutory requirements on lawyers, in fact, to to collect that assignment and to collect the money for OHIP. It's mandated uh, that once we get retained by a client to sue in a personal injury case that's a non-motor vehicle accident, we are also the lawyer for OHIP as well. It's by statute. Um, so, you know, the lawyer does have an obligation. They can't just ignore the OHIP claim, so to speak. Uh, they, they, have to, uh, they have to deal with it. Nanish, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks. That's Nanish Kotak. He's a personal injury lawyer, and uh, Kotak Law is his uh, is his firm. The Ontario Health Insurance Plan, by the way, said that over the past two years, just to give you an idea of how much they recover when they're talking about people that were Ontario citizens who were hurt in a personal injury accident, more than $30 million in public health costs they're recovering. Interesting. It's Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.